Yo! Welcome to the conversation. This is Cameron, and this is the Antisocial Experiment. And I'm recording on my phone today because the entire day I'm going to be driving. It was a little crazy this morning. I was uh, at a hotel in Dallas. My mom had left, and I stayed up pretty late because it was 4th of July last night. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Hope everyone's night was great. Hope everyone stayed safe. I went to uh, the Rangers game, and that you don't get much more patriotic than the Rangers game on 4th of July. I can tell you that much right now. And so me and my mom went there, and we had a great time. We had a, uh, I got like a Texas Rangers cowboy hat. So that's going to be my cowboy's hat for my, the rest of my life probably. And uh, I had my, you know, America, my America tank top. And everything was George Bush, and fireworks, and beer, country. That's basically my experience in Texas. Um, I'm on the road going to New Orleans. And, yeah, uh, check it out. Last, uh, this morning, I woke up at 10.30 and check out at 11. So I had no time to do the podcast in the hotel room. Uh, once I got out, I went to 24-Hour Fitness and then... Basically, I'm going to be driving until like nine tonight, and don't I don't know if my Airbnb host what what he's going to be like, but I just you know what I'm doing it on the phone, okay? So if it's bad quality, then I'm I apologize, but it's better than nothing, am I right? Yeah, thank you. Okay, so what is there to talk about? Well, my mom's not here anymore. And we had some pretty funny stories, and I thought we could have shared those, and she was. But unfortunately, we did not record the podcast on the 4th of July just because, you know, a lot of stuff's going on. It's 4th of July. It's a holiday, okay? So get off our back. But I'm here, and it's an anti-social experiment anyway, so why not keep it to one person? Am I right? Yeah, of course I'm right. Okay, so... Um, we went to Houston, and we went to Dallas. We went to see an Astros game and a Rangers game. And let me tell you, those stadiums, they do, they're do they doing something right. All these stadiums are just amazing. Compared to Dodger Stadium, like Dodger Stadium was, is generic A. <laughs> when, when uh, if you're like in a video game design your own stadium, you pick generic A, and that's like Dodge Stadium, and then you do like a lot of modifications to it, and then that's every other stadium in America, it seems like. Uh, Minute Maid Park, they had that cool train out there in left field. Um, what else? They had a, the scoreboard was nice and right. It was enclosed because it was so hot. It was a day game. They enclosed it, and it was basically an AC baseball game. That was insane to me. Like, I felt like I was at a basketball game, but I was watching baseball. <laughs> um, and then um, the Rangers baseball field, I didn't even know it was called the Globe Trust Park until I went there. I think it's the Globe. I know it has the word Globe in it. I just thought it was like Ranger Stadium. But go there and find out that it's not Ranger Stadium. It's something else. But it's like the Coliseum of baseball stadiums. Freaking brick pillars, like, it's like just a, like a castle of a stadium, everything's in there, it's big, 
and it's real industrial. There's a lot of seating. All the seats are small, by the way, which surprised me because I'm assuming there's a lot of large people in Texas. You know, everything's bigger in Texas, um, but the seats aren't. <laughs> it's pretty jam-packed. Uh, I got to see the right field bleachers. Those are sick. I always saw those on TV and uh, center, the center field uh, patio setup they got going on there. And then after the game, we had the nosebleeds, which are perfect fireworks. So we started in the nosebleeds and worked down to the field level, um, snagged some spots down there, and then we're backed up to the nosebleeds and saw the fireworks. And that was great. I loved it. It was the most American 4th of July I've ever experienced here in America. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's honestly, this trip has been a blessing. It's, it's, in, it's incredible. Everyone, it seems like they want to go travel Europe. They want to go travel, like, across the country. Or not across the country, across the, the, uh, across the world. You know, like, I don't know. We, we live in America, but you... I personally, I've never experienced, I thought I knew a lot more about America. Let me try to rephrase this. I thought I knew a lot more about America than I actually did. And I'm realizing that on this trip. Like, it's one thing for someone to reference, oh, yeah, I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Um, this is Chicago thing, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, cool, sweet. But you don't understand what they're talking about. Like, in St. Louis, I was in Illinois. And, like, it's just all making sense to me. <laughs> People watching, understanding the culture, driving, seeing the billboards, like the the Bible Bell billboards that I talked about in an earlier podcast. and You know, it's seeing everything you you get a better understanding of, like, where our country's at as far as the social aspect goes. Politics make a little more sense, you know. You, you just got to get out of your little bubble in the country. Mine was California, Southern California. And, and really open up your perspective. And you go to Europe, you're a tourist. You you don't have any connections to the European. Like, it's don't think not to go, not saying not to go to Europe or travel the world, because that would be something that I would, I would love to do one day. But we live in America, and unless you plan on moving somewhere else for the rest of your life, then I suggest that we. I don't know. I I love getting to know my country a lot more. And maybe you could study the books all you want, but there there comes a lot of maturity in, in traveling that I'm realizing on this trip. Um, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't guess that based off the videos because I'm just freaking acting a fool on those. <laughs> but, but it's true. That wasn't any, I didn't have any of that planned. I wasn't going to talk about that at all, which is funny. But I just, you know, I felt it. So I started sharing. And I hope that you enjoyed it. 
Okay, what I want to talk about is we were in Houston, and we went to the NASA Museum. And this is kind of like one of my biggest uh, standouts of the trip because there's one thing to go to a city, stay in a hotel, and uh, eat the food. You know, like, that's all that's all good and, and dandy. But, but when you have an experience that causes you to reflect on life, <laughs> and big picture ideas, and that's the one that I feel like is worth sharing. So we go to the NASA museum, and uh, my mom was just super fired up about it because she uh, grew up in the space race era with, like, the, the lunar Apollo mission and all of that. So she, she was watching this as a kid, and just to go to the place like Houston, we have a problem, you know, like, the Houston Space Center just got fired up. And me, like, you know, I didn't grow up in that era. Uh, the only thing that I saw was, or that I remember, was, like, a spaceship blowing up. I, I don't even know. I, I don't want to disrespect anybody, so I'm not even going to talk about it. But space is always cool, you know? Like, sure, let's go. <laughs> so we go, and it's jammed packed. It's this July third, by the way. It's jammed to the freaking walls. Like there's people at so we go on like in the so it's like one building and there's a bunch of exhibits and you can see in the vlogs. It's, it's pretty cool. There's cool shows and stuff too, but we didn't have much time to stay there forever, so the thing that we wanted to do was the tour. We wanted to tour the facilities, maybe learn on something new, you know tour line to get on the tour was like an hour and then you're on the tram it's like 100 degrees and there's four stops you see like a ship uh, the control room but you don't like walk through the control room you're like sitting in a chair in like chairs and you're looking through windows of like a real like modern day control room and then the historic Apollo missions control room refurbished to look as if, you know, back in the time era. So that was cool like, to see, but you're just sitting there, like, looking at it, and some guy's reading off uh, facts about it. Now, I'm not, um, what am I trying to say? I'm not bagging on the experience. I personally, I know my mom had a good time, too, but I personally had a very good time at the museum. I loved learning all that stuff and 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 just seeing how like how the program worked and and just gaining knowledge and and what NASA is doing and and learning about the Mars missions that are planned and uh, like Apollo let uh, Apollo thirteen was like is that movie that I've ever watched where it. it it went wrong, but they somehow got him back. But I learned more about that, so maybe I'm going to watch the movie. I don't know. Who knows? Um, and then learning about, like, you know, we only know about Apollo 11 and Apollo 13 because those are the two big ones. One was a failed mission. One was the first lunar uh, walk. But there was, like, 17 missions, you know? And everything after Apollo 11 was, I think, lunar walking, like they walked on the moon. 
so it was great to learn about that and and to take video and stuff. Like I had a good time, but what was miserable was just seeing some of these just savages on the tour with us. <laughs> There's this freaking just like why why do you waste your money on the tour? They literally would would just walk, take like four pictures with the flash. Snapchat, whatever, do all that crap, and then, and then like, push to the front to try to get back on the tram. They didn't even bother to read, to learn, to ask questions, to even pay attention to like, the guy as he was explaining everything. It was literally, a it it you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of someone who, like wanted to go there to prove to his friends that he went there. I <laughs> I cannot stand that. <laughs> personally personally I um I would never do that. And like if you want to do that then that's you but like some guys like, Hey look at my vacation and the blah 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 then I'm gonna ask you about the vacation. If you can't answer any questions that I'm that I'm asking you then you literally just went to the museum and took pictures to say that you went. I yeah, I don't get that. But I did learn something strange about um the Apollo missions and I wanted to talk to you guys about that. Um so Apollo ten was the test mission to go to the moon. And the base basically the purpose of Apollo ten was for them to uh construct their entrance and exit paths and, like, space uh, stuff. They're, they're basically, like, testing the, uh, the formalities, the equipment, uh, the maneuvers, all that, right? Which makes sense. You don't want to go on the moon just just freaking on theory. You want to test it out, too. So Apollo 10 makes sense. Now, what didn't make sense is the the crew of Apollo 10, the astronaut crew of Apollo 10, is completely different than the astronaut crew of Apollo 11. And I asked the lady this in the mission control room, the girl that was giving the tour. She seemed very educated. She was answering questions like snappy. And so I asked her, like, why was there a different astronaut crew on Apollo 10 than there was on Apollo 11? Because if you're going to do a test run, wouldn't you want the astronauts who are going on the real run to do the test run, that way they're prepared, you know? And she said, like, oh, well, they were having the same training, and, like, the astronauts are very competitive, so it just had to do with the astronaut selection process. Well, <laughs> she didn't really know. She was kind of, like, just trying to justify it to me, just like I was some savage tourist, you know, some animal tourist who who was just there to uh, freaking show his friends where he went. No. <laughs> I need answers. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, I believe that. Like, I believe, I believe the astronauts were competitive. I believe to an extent. I think, I think she didn't know the answer, but she knew uh, the method, but she didn't know the direct answer to it. 
So she was just trying to make a correlation with the methods used but, and, and using that to uh, give an answer. Um, I, like, I, I was trying to explain this to my mom. I'm a film person, and I'm making a movie, okay? And it's, I don't know, let's go, like, with, like, a it's, a, it's a movie about a guy who's stuck in a basement, and there's two actors, okay? Well, what you need to do, you need to write the script, you need to rent the equipment, you need to get, uh, you need to get the location, you need to get lighting, you need to get a crew, you know, you need to get all these things, and you plan, you plan the crap out of it, but there's always going to be stuff that you can't plan for. So the best thing you want to do is have, like, camera tests. So what do you do? You rent the equipment, you get the location, you get the crew, you get actors, and you go to the location and, and just run it, okay? And you just, you do tests. You see, like, where you're going to set the camera for what scenes. You, you uh, set up the lighting to see how the lighting will work. You look at the electricity, like, all that stuff. You run all the tests, get those all out of the way, and then you're ready for shooting day. But would it make sense to get actors that have nothing to do with your movie for test day and then bring in these fresh actors who who's read the script but haven't actually, like, done much other than that for a regular day. There's a whole other set of variables that you haven't tested with these new actors that are going to be in your actual movie. So there's, like, a couple more things that could go wrong, potentially, on shooting day. It doesn't make sense to me because the actors in this case would be the astronauts. The astronauts, like, they receive the same training, like, reading the same script, but training and actual, like, going through with stuff is is completely different, I'm assuming. Um, I don't know. <sighs> I don't think... I, I would have used the same astronaut crew if it was something as monumental as that. And then once, you know, once you did it once, then... Uh, and then training that you could better train the astronauts so they don't have to do a test run every single time for like lunar walking. So uh, Apollo 12, 13, 14, 15, all those. Um, they, yeah, you didn't need you didn't need to do two. You didn't need to do a test one and then and then a real one for all those because you knew how to train the astronauts to walk on the moon because you did it. We did it. We executed the plan. Houston, we have no problems. And we are on the moon. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to make these podcasts shorter. I'm trying to make them 30 minutes. Uh, Sp- uh, SoundCloud, they they limit the m- amount of minutes that you can upload a month. And so I'm trying to fit all my podcasts into that limit. So I have to make them shorter if I want to do two times a week still. Um, I have a question. And I'm going to read it for you guys. Um, let me find it real quick. Okay, here's my question. What's a token of knowledge that has stood out from people slash things you've encountered? This could be a direct quote, a billboard, blah, 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 blah. And it made you think, I'll never forget this moment and why. So, 
Dang. Token of knowledge. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. It, honestly, the most recent that comes to memory, I don't know if this is like the, the one that trumps for the trip. So, uh, sorry to use that word. I know it's very sensitive in these times. <laughs> but <laughs> this is the one that comes in a recent memory. Uh, we're at the NASA tour, and this is why I say people are savages, because they just don't care. They don't care about other people. Tourists, they don't care. They just want to be there, and they want to go, especially if it's 100 degrees, and it's an AC building awaiting you. So, basically, you get off the stop, and then you have to wait in line to get back on the next tram. But the trams are just always running, and they're never, like, sometimes they're not empty. Sometimes people get off. It's an optional stop. You can optionally get off at every stop, or you could just stay on the tram ride and just enjoy your tram ride. Um, so, we're waiting to get on the tram, and I walk by, and there's this, there's this very large fellow. And I, my first impression, I don't, I don't have anything against large people, but my first impression of him was, like, dang, this guy's taking up a row to himself. Like, <laughs> kind of bush, you know what I mean? Like, man, I don't know. Ah, anyways. My, I didn't have a good first impression of him just because he was taking up so much space on the tram. Like, life, like he's abnormally large. Like, make a little lifestyle change. Be like a regular large, not an abnormally large person. Anyways, uh, don't judge people, kid. Because <laughs> I judged him. And then I heard overheard him say something that was really funny. Uh, he said, what did he say? He said, uh, you know how you become a, I, I, I'm going to botch this quote up. I wrote it down, but I'm going to botch it up. I know that. Uh, he said, like, you know how you become a good problem solver? is you create a lot of problems for yourself. <laughs> oh, dude, that cracked me up, honestly. So he said that, and I'll, now he's on my good side. And we're waiting for the tram, but there's no solid, like, line, and he shafts his elbow into the front. And the guy that's running the thing, he's just, he looked like he was 19, had no idea what he was doing, first job or something. Not Obviously not a leader, doing stuff way out of his, like, field of comfortability. Um, and he was like, everyone just back up, we're going online. And everyone's like, I'm the one here for 20 minutes. <laughs> blurting out, and he's like, I'm sorry, we're going to do this, blah, blah, blah. And then the big guy's like, don't worry, kid, I got this. And he steps up, and he's like, Excuse me, everybody. We are all civilized people here. And you got to know when you got here. And if you got here soon, wait for the people who were here before you got here to get on the tram because we've been sitting out here for 20 minutes. Okay? We all want to be on the tram. I get it. But please. I've been out here for 20 minutes, and it's true. He was out there for 20 minutes because I was out there for 20 minutes, and he was with me the whole time. And I'm a redhead, and I'm burning up. So, blah, blah, blah. Like, he, he, he gives this very, like, like, just 
genuine, like, he could be a leader. I could see it. Definitely, I could hear he gets the confidence. It was surprising, like, I wasn't surprising um, after hearing that funny quote, but but uh, before that, it would have been surprising. I thought this guy would be, like, very inclusive and, and kind of, I don't know. I'm just, see, that's me judging someone. Don't judge people, okay? Don't judge people, children. I'm getting off Texas now because I'm, I'm Texas, and I like to talk like this, and I got to work on my accent because in the next vlog, I'm going to be doing a lot of this, okay? Yeah, that's all of it, man. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so the tram comes, and it's like a it's like you think like it's a zombie apocalypse, and <laughs> the virus is like coming from the building, and everyone's trying to get on the tram so they can escape the the freaking virus and all the zombies that are coming towards us. And yeah, dude, like my mom went in a row, and like four guys like elbowed me to get into the row behind her or next to her, and I was scared I was gonna get we're gonna get split up, we're gonna get left. I was going to get left behind, so I kind of ran to the back of the tram where no one was going and found a row, uh, sat down. Everyone got on. This, this family was very funny. They're like, they're cracking me up. They're making all these jokes about how they're never going to get off the tram again. <laughs> they just, like, piled onto my row, like, kids sitting in laps and everything. Anyway, we drive by, and lo and behold... The big gentleman who told everyone to be, you know, civilized and just gave this very inspirational speech. Freaking watches us as we drive off. Stayed in there. And you can see the the look of defeat. Like like a look of like he's lost hope for humanity. And if he wasn't so large, I would have given my seat up for him to sit down because I respect him for what he did, but I had little to zero room, the, the cabin was already moving, and I didn't even realize he didn't get on until we drove off, and it was that it was at that moment that all my thoughts about this tour and about tourists and about people, it was all summarized in the look on his face as he watched us drive away him standing there just freaking in in awe that he did not get a swat <laughs> oh man it got real deep there yeah that's that's something that I'm gonna remember um that quote that quote is it's just a money quote and then the experience that that happened it's it's sad it's sad that that's how it works. It's a it's a cultural thing, honestly. I think we we're just all self serving a little bit, you know. It, we we want to we want to think about us first because that's who came first in our lives is us. You know, we're just tapping into our baby instincts sometimes when the going gets tough. We gotta look out for ourselves, I guess. And it's sad. I still try to remain optimistic that, you know, people have genuine, what's it called? You know, just, 
just freaking that the people care about each other out there. Especially even when times get tough, when it's a hundred degrees out and all you want to do is get home, you still you still can respect and care about people who had it worse than you. You know? That guy had it the worst out of all of us. He was an overweight gentleman, redhead, just getting baked out there in the freaking Texas sun. And he didn't get on the track. <laughs> didn't get on the track. He did not make it because you know why? Because he believed that we could act civilized and we failed him. That includes me too. We failed him. And that in combination with just, just seeing people's like, like, uh, I don't want to do it for, like, they don't, they didn't want to learn anything from it. They just wanted to freaking show people that they went and tell them about it. That's all they wanted to do at that music. It was, ah, oh, it was the most touristy thing I've ever seen in my life. And I just pray that I do not become like that one day. And it was just the freaking epitome of that was the look on his face as he saw all of us, all freaking animals driving away. And you know, another thing that um, <laughs> that kind of goes along with that is I don't see, I don't know why people who have children think that going to adult places is like acceptable. You've got to get that all out of the way before you have children or get a babysitter or get someone to watch children when you go out of town on vacation. Like you cannot take a three-year-old to a NASA museum and expect him not to freaking wail the whole time. It's hot. It's boring to them. You know, they're probably tired. It's it's exhausting. I, yeah. I'm just, I'm just so glad I'm doing this without freaking kids. Uh, it would be fun to, like, you know, go on these trips with my wife, too. So, like, I have more stuff to do. I'm not doing everything everywhere. So, like, even if I come back to Texas, I can still go bull riding here. I didn't get to do that, unfortunately. But I can do that with my wife or my girlfriend or something, you know? Back down the... Uh, down a couple years from now, you know, when I have some more money, don't have to freaking grind on a road trip, just fly out here, go to a Texan bar, ride bull. Okay, yeah, we're, we're getting over time. It's, it's 31 minutes. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, tune in on Saturday for the next podcast, Friday for the next vlog, and the... Rangers uh, stadium review should be up soon. That's the live fourth game. And it's going to be a little special because it's America. It is America Day. So I will see you guys later. This is the end of the conversation.